Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you here with us today for this Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It is uh, Thursday, June 1st, 2023, a new month, and uh, uh, some things change, and most things don't change at all, right? <laughs> Just continue on. Um, and today what we're going to do is go from Matthew 1, yesterday, the genealogy, and we skip over the infancy narratives because we hear those all every year at Christmas time in our daily prayer. Um, but now move to chapter three, uh, the preaching of John, um, but also the baptism of our Lord, which we also hear every year, but uh, is worth us hearing at least at least once a year and paying some attention to it. <clears throat> all right, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm for the week is Psalm 143. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me, my heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched lamb. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love you will cut off my enemies, and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul, for I am your servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Right. Memory verse for the week. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 14, verse 26. And our Catechism for the week, third article of the Creed. Its explanation, what does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith, in the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. All right. Uh, the first reading is to focus on 
baptism, the baptism of our Lord, but uh, I'm going to give you a little bit more context than what I had appointed. Right? And you'll see the connection, of course, to Pentecost, which we just celebrated uh, this last week. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Fruit of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water and to repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right. So our focus will be the last few verses there, verses 13 through 17. I want to give you the context, though. Um, so we have the preaching of Jesus' cousin, John, who is the, the prophet Elijah to come. Of course, Jesus says two in a way. And uh, that's why there's some ambiguity as to who fulfills that prophecy uh, or that expectation. All right. Um, we also note that John's preaching is harmonious with Jesus' preaching. So he's not preaching anything new. Um, he's preaching in the way of the prophets, but also it's the same sort of preaching we'll hear from Jesus at the end of the gospel uh, as he laments over Jerusalem, the holy city. All right, so uh, verse 13, where had Jesus been? Up north, uh, that would be Galilee, right? Um, Galilee and uh, is not so significant in the Old Testament, but the Jordan River is, right? What, what can you tell me about the Jordan River? adjust my camera there all right we actually studied these things with uh, the youth last the last two weeks before uh, school got out we had uh, elijah crossing over the jordan remember with his uh, striking the water with his cloak and then uh, elisha or excuse me and then uh, taken into heaven and then elisha returned in the same way again striking the uh, water with uh, the mantle the cloak of the prophet and then preached repentance and the forgiveness of sins, as Elijah did. Of course, uh, before that, we had uh, Joshua, remember Joshua, who came across the River Jordan into the Promised Land to conquer Jericho and the rest, um, or at least the commander of the of the army of the Lord did, and Joshua um, coming after him. Uh, of course, then we also think of uh, after the split of the kingdoms and 
when Naaman was sent to Elijah, excuse me, is that Elijah? Did the prophet not say to wash yourself um, seven times and you'll be clean? Yeah, I think that was Elijah. Or was it Elisha? Well, in any case, one of the two, easily confused. So we have a Naaman being washed in the Jordan and being made clean. That's clearly a precedent. And also the crossing over of water, also a precedent for baptism. All right. Um, but John thinks he needs to be baptized by Jesus. Not wrong um, in, in, a regard, in some regard, right? John needed to repent and to be washed clean by Jesus. True. And yet that's not what this event is about. Right? Um, it's why is it fitting for John to baptize Jesus? According to Jesus. For thus it is fitting for us, verse 15, to fulfill all righteousness. Right? To fill up, if you like, baptism with the righteousness of Christ. That is, his perfect obedience, his suffering and death for sins is put into baptism. Hmm. Um, so thus the righteousness of Christ is our gift when we are baptized. Right? Imputed to us is the technical term. By imputation. Of course, then, having been baptized, um, and baptized into Christ, most specifically, there's a sense that you have fulfilled all righteousness, right? By faith in Christ, who has been your, made your clothing and clothed in his righteousness in your baptism. All right. Um, three signs are connected to the baptism here. Uh, verse 16, right? The heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah, so three signs. The heavens opened, the Spirit descending like a dove, or as a dove, and also the voice from heaven calling him the Son. Um, Chris makes a statement, so was John baptized? I think it's a question, actually. It needs a question mark. Uh, yes, but uh, it has to be implied. It's not explicitly stated here. Uh, John is looking for baptism and to be baptized, but he has been baptizing um, a baptism of repentance, right, for the forgiveness of sins, right, um, looking forward to Christ who is to come. By the way, you'll note this is the same with the forgiveness distributed in the Lord's Supper. Uh, the tradition, and I think it's a faithful reflection on God's word, um, although I've seen some conflict about this in recent time, but the tradition from the uh, the apostles is that the presbyter or the or the priest uh, first it communes himself before communing the people. Uh, in some places, you'll have an elder commune. Right? Now you say, well, that doesn't seem to make sense. How can a pastor commune himself? Right? Um, in the same way that you, um, some of you receive from the chalice, for example, and you and you hold on to the cup um, to assist in, in pouring the chalice into your mouth. Right now. Are you communing yourself? No. No. The gift of God is yours and it's received from the cup, even though there is some sense of an active participation there, of course, um, but that doesn't negate or, or um, damage the gifting, giftedness of it. So when the pastor takes the cup and drinks, he's receiving the same forgiveness that you receive from the hand of the pastor as he gives you the cup to drink. Same with the bread, right? So the answer to uh, uh, who he'll name in, uh, well, it was God, uh, but who was Naaman sent to? It's Elisha. That's right. Under, um, was that King Ahaz? I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see, where were we? Oh, yes. Yes. So had John received the baptism that he gave? I would suggest yes, um, just by implication though, right? It's not explicitly stated. Of course, who did he receive it from? From God, right? Of course. So those three signs, heaven opened, 
um, spirit descending like a dove and a voice coming from heaven, right? And uh, these signs teach us actually what we receive in our baptism. Heaven is open to us first, right? Uh, we receive the spirit of God in our baptism. I preached on this last night, all right? So you can go and listen or watch that from last night. Um, and we are declared sons of God ourselves in Christ in our baptism. So notice who's, who's present at baptism as far as God. Um, Father, Son, and Spirit, right? The Father spoke from heaven, the Son is in the water, and the Spirit descends in the form of a dove. All right. And then, um, the, but the Father says something very interesting. This is my beloved Son, but then there's the second half. In whom I am well pleased. Right? Um, this is the same language that David used of his son Solomon. So we talked about this yesterday. Son of Abraham, son of Solomon. We see Abraham and Solomon then here in this, in this chapter as well, right? Sons of Abraham, or children of Abraham from these stones, verse 9, right? And now the son in whom I am well pleased, that would be Solomon, right? The son loved by God in the Old Testament. So the father is declaring that Jesus here in his baptism is the true son of David, the one who will sit on the throne forever, the new and greater Solomon, if you prefer. All right? John questioned why the Holy One of Israel would come to be baptized with a baptism of repentance. Yet Jesus said it was necessary to fill up the righteousness which was to be poured out upon us in the waters of holy baptism. Here Jesus appoints the waters of holy baptism to be the place where his righteousness is to be exchanged with our sinfulness. In baptism, heaven is open for us, the Holy Spirit descends upon us, and we are proclaimed the beloved sons of God. For the sake of Christ and his righteousness, the Father in heaven is well pleased with us. Nice. All right. Our second reading today is from Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, is this what we read yesterday? No, it is. Huh. Maybe we read the wrong thing yesterday. Oh, no, I read this last night to the kids. Never mind. <laughs> We're a day ahead at home. All right. Isaiah 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. So we have the gift of baptism connected here to the gift of uh, the nations, right? Is that all the nations through baptism are brought into fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, but also with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, with David, Solomon, and with all the rest, right? And it's at the mountain of the Lord, the holy hill, if you like, which is also a, a place up here you could go and visit. <laughs> no, a different holy hill. All right. Although, I, I haven't been there, but I understand it's a nice place to visit. All right. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. And who is the light of the Lord? Jesus, right? Because the voice said, let there be light, and there was light. And of course, the Spirit brings light to Christ. And Christ, of course, reveals to us the Father. Beautiful. All a gift in baptism. Let's sing our hymn for the week. Come, Holy Ghost, God and Lord.
faces thou art poured on each believer's mind and heart. Your fervent love to them impart, Lord, by the brightness of your light. In holy faith your church unite from every To your praise, O Lord, our God, be sung. Alleluia, alleluia. Come, holy light, guide divine. Now cause the word of life to shine. Teach us to Christ our Master be, that we in living faith abide. In Him our Lord with all our might confide. Alleluia, alleluia. We have a commemoration today, yes, with a second century Christian apologist, St. Justin Martyr. He's sometimes just called Justin Martyr. <laughs> second century Christian apologist. What does that mean? We'll see. Though born in Judea, Justin was, by his own acknowledgement, raised in a pagan family and environment. As an eager student, he went in search of the truth. He sampled the various Greek schools of thought, all of which left him unsatisfied, spiritually hungry and thirsty. One day, an old man happened to witness to him, telling him the good news about Jesus. He explained that in the writings of the apostles and prophets, Justin could find what he was looking for so unsuccessfully in philosophy. There he would come to know the true God and his Son, as the men who wrote these books were full of the Holy Spirit of God. Justin began devoting his life to these writings, and through them the Spirit worked faith in the young man. He found in the strictly disciplined life of the early Christians everything he was looking for. 
He was particularly moved by their willingness to die, letting go of everything that is seen in the sure confidence of what is not seen. Justin immediately began defending his newfound faith. He wrote extensive apologies, those are defenses, to the Roman emperor, arguing that Christians were not the immortal beasts their enemies made them out to be. Because he needed to defend Christians against the charges that swirled around their private worship services, Justin provided accounts about how the early Christians worshipped. These are among the earliest witnesses we have to the liturgy of the early church. He wrote of a gathering of all in one place on the Lord's Day, where the writings of the prophets and apostles were read as long as time permitted. Then the president delivered the homily, inviting everyone there into the pattern of these good things. Prayer was offered for all. Bread, wine, and water were taken and blessed with a pattern of prayer from him, and then distributed. Our distribution was made of the Eucharist, which he confessed to be the body and blood of the eternal word. That's in uh, the first Apology of Justin, paragraphs 66 through 67. Go read that. Justin and some of his disciples were martyred under the prefect Rusticus around AD 165. The Roman account of their martyrdom survives. Commanded to sacrifice to the gods or to face terrible torture without mercy, Justin replied, quote, That is our desire to be tortured for our Lord Jesus Christ, and so to be saved. For that will give us salvation and firm confidence at the more terrible universal tribunal of our Lord and Savior. End quote. All the others said the same. They were then first scourged and finally beheaded, entering into the noble army of martyrs who sing praises to the Lamb without end. All right. We pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you found your martyr, Justin, wandering from teacher to teacher, searching for the true God. Grant that all who seek for a deeper knowledge of the sublime wisdom of your eternal word may be found by you, who sent your Son to seek and to save the lost. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. Uh, Chris makes a comment. Wow, like uh, no, like to know about this, I think is what you meant. Lost the verb there. Um, and uh, it is it is helpful to know that there is a, a long tradition of martyrology. Martyrology, words about the martyrs. And, uh, you know, we don't have a commemoration every day. Um, but we have a commemoration many days. We also have feast days where we uh, generally remember um, apostles, some time, well, certainly uh, the Virgin Mary, um, some of the patriarchs, mm, Joseph, I think, alone. No, does Joseph have a feast day? Yeah, he has a feast day. All right. But generally, we have what we call um, these commemorations. But a martyrology is something um, that is a long tradition in our church. Uh, generally was a, a lot more uh, extensive, extensive. And so, uh, for example, um, Wilhelm Lue, who've heard me talk about before, his pictures around the corner here in my office, um, Leah sent, uh, if you want to just say it in English, um, sent missionaries to mid-Michigan, to Iowa, to uh, Buffalo, upstate New York, um, to minister to, to the American Indians, also um, was responsible for founding the Fort Wayne Seminary, uh, where it is now. And uh, Wilhelm Leo, though, was in northern Dadelsal, Germany, but he actually had a uh, martyrologium uh, or a sanctoral calendar, a calendar where you could remember saints each day. Um, and his calendar was also very local. I'm just reading some notes here about it. 
um, included Bavarian saints because he was in Bavaria. Noin Dadlzah was in Bavaria. And so uh, local ones, uh, but also why he leaves out some and why he remembers um, Luther, but not Philip Melanchthon, um, etc. So uh, I'm going to link this to you. You can read it. Um, so for example, let's see what is today, June 1st. He's got Justin Martyr, right? Um, tomorrow he has um, a saint from Lyon who died in uh, one or in 303 called Blandina. I don't even know who this is. I don't know any of these people. All right. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of history that could be known. And, uh, you know, so this was a Lutheran pastor, um, uh, you know, has a great deal of influence on the Missouri Synod in particular, what we call today. Uh, and yet, um, I think we have a poverty of remembering um, the saints of old. Yeah, Chris says, these people should be told of more often. And uh, the difficulty is, you know, drawing on resources, although he gives us um, sometimes a reference where we can go and read about them. Or, and also in his martyrology, he tells us where or why he added certain ones. Yep. So you can go look at the list there. And, you know, I think you could Google most of these people today, actually, and, and learn quite a bit about them. Like the Abbot Guido of Pomposa. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. Mary Clopas, sister of the Mother of God. Yeah, there you go. On April 9th. All right. Let's continue with prayer. O God, on this day, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray, O Holy Spirit, we cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to him. Call us to faith in Jesus by the gospel. Enlighten us every day with your gifts of baptism, absolution, and the Lord's Supper. And sanctify and keep us and the whole Christian church on earth with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Forgive us our sins every day and give us the blessed hope of the resurrection to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. On this day we pray uh, for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day on Thanksgiving with Annalisa, who celebrates her birthday, with Janet, celebrating her baptism, with Jim, celebrating his anniversary, the households of our church, especially Steve and Jackie, Norman Sandy, Jennifer, Catherine, Amanda, Doug and Teresa. I pray on Thanksgiving for the service of Mrs. Polster and Mrs. Larson. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Dale and Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Marion, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Gus, and Eileen, Ron, Doug, Hosea, Pat, Wade, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound, uh, Marcy, Walt, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, Pauline. Pray for our mission of the month, Sharon Richardson Community Hospice. And we pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of David. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. 
For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for today, June 1st, Thursday. It's good to have you with us here today. And uh, I hope uh, you can enjoy the weather. I think I'm going to um, do a little house cleaning here in my office so that I can put my AC unit in. Because <laughs> it's uh, I've, I feel the building is starting to warm up right from the last couple of days, which is great. The kids will go down to the lake, I'm sure. Um, but uh, uh, we have to turn the AC on, right? When it's in the mid-80s. Don't have to, but uh, well, creature comforts, right? All right, so God be with you all. Uh, keep you safe and enjoy the day. And we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.